This is the I Work For Him podcast. To make sure you never miss a thing from I Work For Him, subscribe to our email list. Just head to our website at iworkforhim.com, scroll down to the bottom of the page, click subscribe, and sign up. We'll send the very latest blogs and podcasts from I Work For Him so you never miss a beat. That's iworkforhim.com. This is producer Michael Marigle. Thanks so much for listening. Let's get to today's program. You tune into the fastest one hour in Christian talk radio. And a really special Monday as Martha joins me in the studio today. Martha, welcome to Monday. Thanks. I usually, no, I was thinking in my head like, oh, I try to avoid Mondays, but no, I don't. But when you said a special Monday, I'm thinking, what's special about it? Because you're here. (laughs) Our goal is to get Martha on on the radio with us five days a week. If we can pull her away from all the busy tasks that she does. But everybody says, hey, Jim, when you're on the radio, it's good. But when Martha's on the radio, it's great. Anyway, thanks for tuning in to I Work For Him this afternoon. As you're listening to us live on the radio here in Tampa Bay and all over the country on iHeartRadio, letstalkfaith.com, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Google Play Music and Stitcher, and Play Faith Play and so many other places. Thank you so much for tuning in. You know, here's, here's the question then. How are you allowing the Lord to use you to change your part of the world? Today, we're going to focus on three different people, two women and one man, who have responded to the call of the Lord on their lives to share their stories and impact the world that they live and occupy. First, first up on the show, we have Lynn Dixon from Raleigh, North Carolina. She and her husband, Will, own the C-12 franchise in that area, and Lynn saw a need for the wives of the C-12 members to get together and mutually share the unique struggles facing the lives of business-owning families. You guys all know Martha and I love C12. This is the other half. Let's hear from the people behind the scenes getting impacted by C12. Lynn Dixon, welcome to I Work For Him. Thank you, Jim and Martha. It's good to have you on the show today. Lynn, why don't you tell, we've highlighted the ministry of C12 so many times on the show because of the amazing impact the Lord is making on its members. Why did you and your husband get involved in C12? Um, well, Jim, it was a calling from God, and um, as the Lord dropped it in our lap, um, it was a business model that really seemed to complement Will's consulting background, and then we were both in transition at that particular point in our lives, um, waiting to see what the Lord wanted to do in our next um, income-producing uh, place in life. Very cool. And so you guys, um, were you already familiar with C12, or what then um, led you in that direction? We had never heard of it. Ah. <laughs> I love hearing that. That's not the first time we've heard of that, where yeah. people learn about it, and then they're like, I want to be involved. So as you guys um, got involved with the C12, and a lot of our listeners already are familiar with C12 um, and what it is, but it's a roundtable um, time for business owners, and I don't know how to describe it super Christian well. Christian Business Roundtable Discussion Group, there absolutely. You go. But yep. then, Lynn, at some point, the Lord m- impressed upon you that there was a need for the wives to have something. Can you just tell us how you saw that need? Right. Well, um, we um, were still fairly new in C12, and we're talking with the C12 founder's wife, Bonnie Jacobs, and she kind of gave us the suggestion. And so after our first celebration banquet, we've been going a little over a year, we thought the timing was perfect to um, send out invitations and see if the wives were interested. And um, at that point, we had probably 80% of our wives visit, and um, most of them joined. 
But Will would even tell you we had no idea the impact the wives group was going to have on the owners group. Mm. (laughs) So what's the real purpose of the C12 wives group? Well, I would say that um, we seek to help the wives grow spiritually, learn how to really be a better support to their husbands in leading God's businesses, And then one way of that that might seem really simple is realizing that he needs her to pray for him and really pray for the business. And I had a wife um, join about a year ago, and she was very involved in family and children, and one of the children has some health issues. And when she came in the group, she just like, I am really convicted. I need to start praying for my husband in his business. And I thought that was huge for her to, you know, realize that that first meeting and decide that's one thing she's going to do. Mm-hmm. And and I have heard firsthand from people, um, much to the same testimony, is the fact that other than knowing that it was something that gets paid for every month, a lot of wives um, don't even really know what their husband does when they go to C12 and right. what the what how they can support them. So I'm so excited that you're giving the wives the opportunity to not under, not only understand what C12 is doing for their husbands but encouraging them through prayer like you just said. Hey, we're talking today with Lynn Dixon. She's from the C12 Wives Group and not all C12 members are men, but for the men that are C12 members, she's opened up an opportunity starting in Raleigh, North Carolina, an opportunity for their wives to really understand and appreciate what's going on behind the scenes in a C12 group and get their wives connected in ministry to their husbands who are going through C12. So Lynn, you were saying a little bit that you know you're help you're there to help the wives and encourage them in their spiritual walk. How do you tie that in with what is happening um, when the husbands attend a C12 group? Well, the neat thing that happens is um, we usually do two parts of the same materials that the husbands are going to do in their group. Um, the devotion and the ministry segment. And it's kind of neat when a wife goes, is my husband getting the same topic this month? Mm. And it's creating thoughts in her mind that she would like to go back to her husband and just have some dialogue um, about those things, which I think is awesome. Um, and the neat thing that, that goes a step further with that is it doesn't matter if she's involved in the business or not. It gives her a place to begin to understand more what his life is like, what his days are like, and to be a little bit involved, even if she has other roles in the family. Mm-hmm. Well, and we know that, you know, today, in today's world, everybody is busy, both husbands and wives. With their, and if they have a business that they own, a lot of times the wives are, are involved in the business to some extent. Do you have some... Uh, members in your C12 Wives group that are actually involved somewhat in the business, but yet they're not members of C12? Yeah, really, um, the wives take on uh, kind of a a variety. Um, We have some wives that are very involved in the business. We have some wives that aren't involved at all in the business, and as you mentioned earlier, didn't even know what C12 was. Um, We have some wives who own their own businesses, and occasionally we'll have a wife who is actually the principal owner, but she does not want to be in an owner's group. She wanted to be um, in a wives group. And the neat thing that we have seen month after month 
is that these women are real. They become sisters to each other. And like in uh, 2008, when the economy was tanking, there were big struggles going on, but they could come to their group and go, you know what, I can talk to this group when I can't, we can't meet payroll. We've got cash flow issues. We've got to lay off half our employees. Because these ladies, even though they might not be going through the same thing I'm going through, mm-hmm. I believe they understand. Mm-hmm, sure. So as of right now, how many different states across the country have active C-12 wives groups? I think there's four or five. Um, I get approached just about each time we go to training by somebody's husband or wife that says, hey, we should start a wives group in our area, or my wife is interested in talking to you about that. And so um, I try to be available for them to you know, come here if they want to visit a group and just see what this model looks like. Um, but I'm hopeful that there's going to be more and more. Mm-hmm. So let's just, in, in the minute we have left before we go to the break, what, is, what are you seeing as the biggest impact? What, what are you seeing as the biggest takeaway for wives that have joined the C12 Wives Group as they, as they walk through this with you? What are you seeing? Well, one of the things I think that surprised Will and I was the impact on their marriages. Um, the wives beginning to understand a little bit more about why he worked so hard um, and then kind of getting on the same page as she begins to have a little bit of an understanding and he begins to realize he can share more with her about the business. Um, I think it can be a uniting force um, for the marriage, but then also, you know, as it impacts their family as well. Talk to me about maybe some of the incredible, like, what are some of the topics that you're covering just recently? What, what's one topic that you covered that really resonated with the wives uh, there in your C12 group? Well, I know um, at one point um, we were dealing with how big is big enough. And um, sometimes it's the pressure from the wife. We need more money. We need to earn more money you know, on the husband, but sometimes it's just the husband, hey, I just keep growing because I'm supposed to grow bigger. Um, So it's interesting as these topics do come up and we are able to have discussion and then they can go back home and um, hopefully be able to have some of those discussions as a couple as well. That's a powerful conversation. Now, you've got a guest for us today. Do you want to introduce Joan? Yeah, Joan Ebert and her husband, um, um, Pizza franchises in the Raleigh area, Wake Pizza, Domino's Pizzas, which I love pizza. And um, she Who doesn't love pizza. Her. Yeah, hey, I don't know. <laughs> um, but anyway, she um, she and her husband have joined within the last year, and um, I'll let her tell you what what C twelve has done for her. But her enthusiasm when she comes to the group month after month is a huge encouragement and blessing to me. Joan Ebert, welcome to I Work For Him. Hey, thanks, Jim. How are you doing today? Good, good. Thank you for uh, uh, getting involved at the last minute with the conversation today. We're so grateful to have you. Why don't you talk about why Why did you get involved in the C12 Wives Group? Well, you know, I observed such a positive impact that C12 was having on my husband, and it really intrigued me. Um, Lynn invited me to the group, and, you know, I was pretty nervous first time not knowing what to expect, but I was met with such warmth and kindness. It's such a unique situation. All the wives 
have husbands that are businessmen, that they want to help and support their husband's dreams. We also want to bring ourselves closer to God. And all these factors are why I got involved. So, Joan, how have you seen it impact you spiritually? Well, you know, C12 has added such a whole new dimension to my spiritual journey. The members in my group are friends. We pray together for one another and for our families. It's such a community of fellowship, a place of support and encouragement. And I'm supported in my growth with Jesus by all of them. You know, we have our to-do lists, Lynn, you know about our to-dos. And we hold another one another accountable, helping each other in the tough times, celebrating and praising the victories, sharing God's Word, and learning. So, Joe, where did you move uh, to the Raleigh area from? We moved to Raleigh from Arizona. Arizona, okay. Wow, that was a big jump. So how has being involved in the C12 Wives Group helped you understand, or maybe the, maybe the better word is engage your husband better in business conversations that are impacting you and your, and your marriage? Well, you know, C12 to me is not just about business. I love this quote from Buck Jacobs, the founder of C12. He says, quote, if we're growing closer to God, we'll be growing closer to our mates. To build a successful business and a failed marriage isn't coherent in God's plan for us. May God grant us his strength and grace to run through the tape together with our spouse. I love that. Finish strong and let his light shine as we do. And those are wise words. My marriage is stronger because of C12. My husband and I are closer. We pray together more often. C12 is about God and living a life that honors him. God gave mm. me my husband, and I never take that for granted. Mm. Well, it sounds like you have, have just been able to really be a sponge for C12 and really um, get the most out of what God really laid on Lynn's heart as far as starting the C12 group. How would you encourage other people to get involved in the C12 wives group? Well, um, all you have to do is join. Uh, C12 <laughs> has taught me ways to be more supportive to my husband as a businessman and in everyday life, as well as spiritually. It will link you with women that are in the same boat as you, wives of businessmen. It offers support and camaraderie and friendships. I just treasure the friendships that I've made. I leave there with a smile, and I'm so full of joy in God's Word every time I attend. And, you know, all of these tools help navigate the ups and downs of business and life, and all of this with God at the forefront, which creates a win-win situation, women need to join C12. Mm. There you go. Wow. That's your we poster, that, poster wife That's right a poster, poster child for the C12 Wives Group. Thank you so much, Joan <laughs> Ebert. Thanks for sharing, Joan, on I Work For Him. Thanks so much for adding to what Lynn is saying. We're so grateful for you taking the time to call in. Thank you, Jim, and God's blessings on you and all your listeners. All right, thank you. Wow, Lynn, I don't know how you could get much better of a testimonial than that. (laughs) 
Yeah, you'd think I paid her to say that. <laughs> you might. You, you might have to take her to lunch. Yeah, you might have to buy her some. Uh, you know, for me, it would be a buyer of Mountain Dew, but she probably doesn't drink Mountain Dew like I do. But you know, I, I just—that's a great testimony. Now, you mentioned before the break that you've got four or five groups started right now. What cities are the C12 Wives groups available in right now? Well, um, the, you had asked which states they were in. Okay, I have states. Two that's Raleigh. fine. We just kicked up a new group in North Raleigh um, last month, and then I also planted a group in eastern North Carolina, and now I think there's four groups um, out there, and then um, there's a group in San Antonio, Texas. There's one, I think, in the Knoxville, Tennessee area. I know there's a couple of people um, praying and asking about it in Houston and in the West Coast, and then there's a prayer group up in Virginia that prays for their C12 groups each month. Hmm. Wow, that's fantastic. But that means that there's lots of room for more C12 wives groups. So if somebody's listening to the show today, and I'll make sure that this get out, gets out to all of the C12 leaders, there's a need for a C12 wives group behind every C12 leader, isn't there? There really is. But the other thing, too, is that if the chair wife does not feel called to start a group, a member's wife can do that. And we've had that happen in eastern North Carolina. What are some of those unique issues that you guys are facing in the C12 Wives group that mm, they wouldn't get that at a woman's Bible study at church or something like that? What are some of the unique issues that you guys are, are talking about? Oh, boy, that's a good question. <laughs> um, I, I think there's several. Um, dealing spiritually with prosperity, the isolation that comes from overworking, um, you know, the leader's difficulty in transitioning from work to home. It's kind of like he comes home and he's been boss all day, and then he kind of runs his family like the business, and that doesn't go over so well. Hmm. And then also um, the struggle that the, the wives get out of balance in putting their kids before their husbands. And we get into these topics, and we talk about, you know, What's going well? What's not going well? Where do we need to make adjustments? So how do you, I mean, engage? I mean, I imagine a lot of those conversations are wrought with emotion uh, because mm-hmm. there's sometimes is hurt involved there. How do you deal with some of that emotion? And how do you get wives to be open and honest with their husbands about the issues that they're struggling with? Well, you know, that that's a tough thing if they have good communication already then the chances are good they can get into some of those conversations. But if they don't, or one or the other of them is closed, it makes it very, very tough. But in the group, we really try to help every lady understand we all have issues. And um, that the wives are then encouraged to be open, to be vulnerable, um, so that we can work together as a group on the issues, hold each other accountable, and then, of course, pray for each other as there are topics that need to be discussed as a husband and a wife. I love that you said that you about holding each other accountable, because I would think that there would be an easy um, uh, ability to kind of slant towards we're all in the same boat, we all have these struggles, and we're just going to kind of relish in it. But it doesn't sound like you're allowing that to happen at all, that mm. you challenge them to... What is it? What is it biblically the the right way to address that? Is that correct? Right. Well, because what we don't want to have happen, which would ruin the group, is it comes out to be a gossip se- session and a husband bashing session. Yeah. No. Mm. That, yeah, that, 
would be, I mean, people wouldn't want to come. I wouldn't want to come. Mm-hmm. But instead, turning it into something productive. And what's kind of cool is the materials will create conversation. And she goes, oh, yeah, he's getting this material this month. Oh, no, I can go ask him about this or this or this. Yes, I love that. And then we talk a lot about you're responsible to share what God lays on your heart. It's the Holy I love that. job I- to work the change or the conversation that will facilitate the change. Lynn Dixon, Lynn Dixon, with the, thank you so much for being on I Work for Him this afternoon. Thanks for sharing about the C12 Wives Group. We'll make sure we post this on Facebook. Next up on I Work for Him today, we have Krista Hernandez. She's from somewhere in Tampa Bay. Her story is hard to hear. She was abused as a kid and ended up being trafficked for sex later on in life. The Lord rescued Krista, and she feels called to tell her story and speak truth in the lives of all those who will listen about the redemption of the Lord and the evil that lurks out there all around us. Krista Hernandez, welcome to I Work For Him. Hi, thank you for having me. Oh, we're so excited to finally have you on the air with us. And before we start talking about your book, I want you to give a little highlight so that our listeners, somebody can call in and they're going to win a copy. The book doesn't release till the end of the month, so they're going to have to understand to be patient and get it when it comes out to everybody else. But tell our listeners a little bit about No Safe Place. Okay, so No Safe Place, and the subtitle is From Childhood Abuse to Sex Trafficking, Mm -hmm. is my personal journey through childhood abuse that consisted of satanic ritual abuse. It consisted of sexual abuse, um, severe physical abuse, mental abuse, spiritual abuse. Um, And then it's my journey into adulthood where I entered a strip club and then was recruited out of the strip club by who would become my trafficker. It's Mm -hmm. my journey of being in the life for almost 20 years, um, you know, going from the sex, you know, just going into a strip club to being trafficked to breaking free from traffickers, but going back on my own because I didn't feel worthy of anything else. Mm -hmm. And then it gets into where I like to call him Sneaky Jesus but to where I had an encounter with Jesus, a radical encounter with Jesus that changed my life. And um, just kind of that journey for two years where I had a relationship with Jesus and I was still in the industry um, and how I finally broke free from that industry and then went back to reach others where I once was. And then kind of shares about Um, the organization that I have now and where we are at now in that organization. Right. All right. So we're going to give away a copy of Krista's book right now, and then we're going to talk with Krista about it. If you want to get a copy of No Safe Place, like I said, it's not a story you want to hear, but it's a story that we all need to hear because this stuff is going on all over the place. Krista's story is a representative of thousands and thousands of women right here in Tampa Bay on on the I-4 corridor alone. No safe place. Call the studio line at 877-943-9673, 877-943-9673. Get a copy of No Safe Place, or you could also email us, Martha at IWorkForHim.com, Martha at IWork, the number four, Him.com, 877-943-9673. 
So Krista, we always want to get our listeners to get to know our guests. And I am imagining that as you have been writing this book and allowing it to get ready for publication and growing the ministry that God has you in, that he's been probably doing some pretty amazing things in the details of your life. Can you give us a little snippet of something that God's been showing you or teaching you lately? Absolutely. First, I will say... He has definitely been stretching me <laughs> in, in ways that I could never imagine. And I'm not going to sit here and say that all of those stretches have been glorious. Mm-hmm. Um, they're glorious in the end, but sometimes while you're going through that, it's not easy. So right. through writing this book, he has definitely brought about a lot of healing. Mm. He has stretched me. He has showed me where he was throughout my life when I didn't think that he was there and didn't think that he cared, but he has showed me where he was um, during all of those hard times. And um, most importantly, I just think that he is redeeming so much right now through this book, through my organization, um, just in my life right now. He is redeeming so many things that the enemy uh, tried to take away from me and tried to twist, and, and he's given all that back to me. So, too many is, things to list right now. <laughs> but it's so great to hear that, you know, he is alive and active in your life in the process. So I, yes. a lot of people probably wonder, why would you take the time to go through the heartache of, um, re- you know, writing what you experienced? And I want you to tell our listeners who you've written this book for called No Safe Place. Okay. First and foremost, the reason I would go through that is because God told me to. <laughs> <laughs> obedience. So I'm being obedient. Yes, obedience. Um, but this book, I wrote it for, I wrote it for myself for one. I wrote it for my family. I, I wrote it for those precious women and men mm-hmm. who are, you know, either working in the commercial sex industry or who are being trafficked um, to give them hope and let them know that I know it seems like there is no light at the end of the tunnel, and I know how it feels. Um, but there, there is hope, and there is light at the end of the tunnel, right. and, and that God has a great plan for their lives. And, and one thing about my book is, it, yes, it's for those women and those men, but my book is, I don't think that there's anybody that this book cannot relate to. Mm-hmm. So... If you love Jesus or if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, this is a book that can bring you hope and you can relate to. If you have suffered childhood abuse or sexual abuse, this is a book that you can relate to. Mm -hmm. So I think one of the things when you and I talked previously, we talked about that fact that maybe somebody understands that you can relate to where they are in life, and then they'll get exposed to the hope of Jesus Christ. And so I I threw it out there and said, wouldn't it be great if people would buy cases of them and give them (laughs) away? So I'm just going to plant that seed out there for anybody who might be listening. Well, let me just ask you that question. I'm trying to let you ladies have this conversation, but (laughs) this is, you know, this is a topic, Krista, that, you know, the church doesn't talk about for the most mm-hmm. part. Now, maybe your church does, but I've never been to a church that actually talks about sex trafficking, the pornography industry, the, the just the horrible life that you've been subjected to. Why is this important for our I Work For Him audience to understand? I, I think I know the reason, but I, I want to hear from your heart. 
you got people that are listening from every stage of life and every job represented. Why is it important they understand what's going on out there in the sex trafficking world? Well, I think it's important they understand for many reasons. For one, because it is happening right here mm-hmm. in the Tampa Bay area. It's happening in our own backyards. It's happening in our schools. It's happening to our children. It's happening on social media. And I think that so often people think, well, it's not happening here. This happens way over there. But that's not the case. It's happening right here. Um, as far as the churches go, it needs to be talked about in the church because many of those that we reach don't feel that the church is a safe place. Right. You'll read in my book, I was in church for two years, terrified to tell anyone my secret because I was afraid that they would reject me. So it, it needs to be talked about more in the church. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think so, so many of us ahead. don't realize the people that we're rubbing shoulders with on a day-to-day basis that might have, like you said, a secret that they're not telling anybody because they, they don't feel like there is a safe place. So I just want to remind our listeners, we're talking to Krista Hernandez, and she has a book coming out um, at the end of the month called No Safe Place. And it is being published by our friends at nowscpress.com. And so that is a place where people can go and learn more about it. I think you're going to be having a book release and things like that. So I just want to make sure that we draw attention to that so people can check out nowscpress.com. And yes. I, so we only have a few minutes left, and one of the things I, I want I want our listeners to hear is about the your nonprofit loving you where you are at. Just tell us briefly all the things that God is um, having come to the surface and and creating right now in that ministry. Okay, so what he is currently doing is he is we have one of the biggest needs that we have seen. Um, going into the strip clubs and the brothels across the Tampa Bay area since 2013 is the need for a safe house. Um, human trafficking is the number two crime in the whole world, and we have less than 200 beds for women 18-plus who have been identified as st- sex trafficking victims. Mm-hmm. And so right now he has actually we prayed for it, and he has given us a house in a mm. safe place in the Tampa Bay area but we are currently trying to raise the funding to be able to open this home, which will house six women, 18 plus. So that's one of the that's amazing exciting. things that he's doing. Um, we currently have two drop-in centers, one in Tampa and one in Pasco. And then, um, you know, we, we currently go into 12 strip clubs, four brothels, and a triple X video store every month taking in gifts and the reminding message that they are loved, valued, and purposed right where they are. So your ministry is called Love You, uh, let me say, Loving You (laughs) Where You Are At, and that is where your website comes from, which is lywyaa.org. Is that correct? Yes. Okay, so we will post that so people can get at it, but think about that, lovingyouwhereyouareat.org. Um, those initials, and that will help people to learn more about what maybe they can do to get involved and get behind making a difference right here in Tampa Bay. So that is so exciting. Krista, I guess just my my last question for you is I want to make sure that people really understand how if they know somebody trapped, where mm-hmm. what, how, what, what kind of advice can they give them? Where, where can they tell them to go today? Well, if they know someone who is for sure being trafficked, um, definitely 
one of the places that they could go is to our website. And we have connections with people. And, and if they're being trafficked here in the Tampa Bay area, then we would definitely help them get to the right place. Great. Um, there's okay. also a national trafficking hotline, um, which is one eight 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 three seven three seven eight eight eight. Okay. And is that for a friend to call, or does that have to be the person? I know we're no, out of time. No. Anybody no, can call to get more information. Okay. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Yeah. Krista Hernandez, thanks so much for sharing your story and for sharing your book and for getting it out and writing. Martha, tell people where they can get a copy of the book. So they can call in, um, but the publisher is now scpress.com, and the book is called No Safe Place. Thank Chris- you, Krista. Krista, thank you for being on iWorkFrame and sharing a little bit of your story today. Thank you. All right, make sure you check her out online at lywyaa.com. O-R-G. Dot O-R-G. Well, we do want to thank our guests, Lynn Dixon and Krista, Herdan- Krista Hernandez, who have joined us today. Mm-hmm. But now we transition over to finally today, our interview is Mark Cober. Mark has an incredible story for you to hear about how the Lord touched his life and how he felt led to touch the lives of those he lives alongside right in his neighborhood here in Largo, Florida. And I heard about his story. I heard it from a friend who heard it from a friend who hey, that could be a song. heard it from a friend that they weren't messing around, but they actually got this neighborhood and they're reaching this neighborhood for Christ. Mark Kober, welcome to I Work For Him. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me, Jim, and I appreciate this opportunity. And also, I'd just like to quickly say thank you to Krista, your previous guest, mm. uh, for sharing her ministry and loving me where you're at. That's such a necessary resource, and I just pray that she's blessed in that. Well, and, and hopefully in the neighborhood that you're in, Mark, you might be able to pass that information out there and around, and we'll, we'll get some books sooner or later, but that is, uh, it is it is more widely impacting our neighborhoods, our highways, and our byways than we even imagine. All right, so we only have a short period of time, and I want to make sure we really cover what's going on in your neighborhood. Tell us about your neighborhood and the issues that you're facing. Well, our neighborhood is located centrally in Pinellas. Uh, it's a neglected neighborhood. It's got kind of a low-income neighborhood, so... We face a lot of the similar situations that low-income neighborhoods face with domestic violence and drug abuse, and uh, so we face a lot of those a lot of those things on a, on a large, you know, on a large basis. So we're trying to counteract that kind of activity. So you know, when we were talking before the show, you said that you used to be part of the problem. Well, what what was going on? Well, for the last 13 years, I've been a part of this neighborhood, and uh, I was only saved about four years ago. So leading up to that point, yes, I participated in a lot of the things that didn't make this neighborhood nicer. It, uh, it was a very negative aspect to this neighborhood, and it had kind of a bad reputation, and uh, I participated in a lot of that, unfortunately. So now this is my opportunity to kind of transform that and use it for a positive. Well, how did the Lord rescue you? How, how, did, you, how did you end up having an encounter with Jesus? Very similar to uh, a lot of people. Uh, he puts you in a situation. I put myself into a situation through drug abuse, and I ended up in jail. I ended up alone. I ended up staring at that brick wall, and I had to come to terms with that. And uh, at that point, there was an opportunity for me to read the Bible and to be around a couple of guys who really shared their relationship with Christ with me. And uh, from that point forward, I never picked up another drug, never, never took another drink of alcohol. And I got out and just tried to really take a different path. I had joy and I had a hope, and I wanted to share that with people. So you went back to your old neighborhood, 
after you got out of jail. Talk to me about what the Lord has, what, what he laid on your heart. I was walking up and down the streets of the neighborhood, and obviously now my eyes had been opened, and I was exposed to something that I hadn't seen before. Taking the dog for a walk every day, I would look around and see dozens of kids playing in the streets, dealing with situations that kids shouldn't have to deal with. There wasn't a place for them to go to. There wasn't somebody working with them on a regular basis. Like I said, our neighborhood is kind of trapped off of busy streets, and there's not too many ways in and out. So a lot of the kids that are here were here day and night without many things to do and without places to go. We don't have a park in the neighborhood. So a lot of times that meant playing in the streets and involving themselves in things that you would hope your children wouldn't be involved in. Okay, so that's the problem what was the solution that the Lord laid on your heart? Being a part of Abundant Life Ministries, they encourage us to serve a lot. And so when I saw that problem, I, I was wondering, you know, what can we do? Who can we get here to help step in and help these children better their lives? And the Lord just laid it on my heart. He said, you're there, you do it. And mm-hmm. uh, so we grabbed the football, a couple <laughs> of guys. Let's, let's repeat that. Mark, hey, go back, go back before you get into it. I love that. Say that again. The Lord said to you, what? You're there. You do it. He speaks very plainly to me, and I, I think he does that with a lot of people, and it was not the easiest thing to hear. I, didn't ha- I don't have any kids of my own. At that point, I didn't, and I wasn't married, but I just had a big heart for the kids because I, I saw them going down the same path that I had gone down, mm-hmm. and I wanted so much better for them. I wanted them to have an opportunity to be exposed to somebody who lived a godly life and knew the power of God over my life and what it could do for them and what it could do for their families. So, yeah, a couple of friends and I grabbed the football. We just went out into the open field that we had in the neighborhood and started playing football and playing games with the kids, trying to encourage them to be better people. And within about five minutes, the cops showed up, told us we can't use that field. And so we brought the kids back to our house played games in the yard, and then that turned into an every Saturday event where we started working with the kids. We started having an opportunity to feed them, encourage them, share stories in the Bible with them, and uh, really it's transformed us, not just the neighborhood and not just the kids, but obviously been very impactful on myself. Well, wait a minute. You had an open field in your neighborhood, and you started playing in the neighborhood, and the cops came and said, you can't play on that grass? Sort of a weird set of circumstances, but that was private property owned by uh, Duke Energy. And some of the neighbors who lived here really didn't want that kind of noise and action going on in their, behind their property, behind their yard. So, yeah, that was shut down really quick, unfortunately. But that um, wasn't the end of that story. You know, really, we've been very fortunate with the opportunity it gave us to then build the relationship by bringing kids back to my yard. I had a yard, so we just mm-hmm. took advantage of it. It wasn't very well put together. It certainly wasn't safe for children in a lot of ways, but uh, we did the best with what we had. Okay, so listen, today we're talking with Mark Cober during this last segment, and Mark has the Lord laid something on his heart and said, hey, you got problems in your neighborhood? You fix it. You side. You partner with me to get this done. And it all goes around this field, this, this field that was off limits to you. Mark, how has the Lord provided, as you were willing to give up your backyard for this activity and feeding these kids and interacting with these kids and being a father figure for these kids, what comes next? A lot of resources were brought into play. A lot of very powerful people found out what we were doing in this neighborhood, working with the kids, and they got involved. They asked how they could help, 
and we found representatives from a couple of churches in the area. It was Abundant Life was one of them, Abundant Life Ministries in Largo, St. Catharines of Siena right up the street in Bel- on Belcher Road in Largo. They called a few people. They got Duke Energy representatives on the line. We got the county commissioner on board with us. We had representatives from the Police Athletic League. And um, they all came to the table, and it took about two years of hard planning and coming together. And uh, we were very, very blessed to announce that we now have legal usage of that open field in the neighborhood to allow the kids to play on that and to also give us an opportunity to use it for different events inside the neighborhood. So Jim was saying that you have such an event that you're going you're getting ready to launch in your neighborhood. You want to tell us about that? Yeah, absolutely, and thank you so much. December sixteenth, we are going to hold a ribbon cutting ceremony, and we're just going to thank mm-hmm. every one of the people who had so generously donated their time and their efforts. And it took quite a bit to get this to be able to happen. So we want to <laughs> thank them. We're going to dedicate the field to the neighborhood. We're going to have games every. Saturday, every third Saturday of the month for the last two years, we've been handing out food and groceries for free to the members of our neighborhood. We're going to do it that day as well, but we're also going to include games, music, media. A lot of the people that were involved with this project, we want to congratulate them, thank them for their hard work, and then we're going to dedicate that field to the kids and let them have an opportunity to play there and use it for the rest of, well, well, for, from now on, hopefully. Hopefully yeah, there is no end wonderful. to this. Who's going to do the mowing? We were blessed to have a field maintenance company in our neighborhood who stepped up and donated a lot of their um, time to cut the field, and they got a contract with us at a very, very, very reduced rate to take care of and maintain that field. So we were blessed by that as well. Just an all-around beautiful effort by everybody involved, Um and it was just incredible. We got a lot of people in the neighborhood involved. We're building that community, bringing people together. And uh, we just really want to thank everybody for joining with us. And, and this is going to be a great event. We're going to have games. We're going to have food. We're going to have music. And we're hoping to just build a, a stronger community together so we can really start transforming this neighborhood to what it can be. All right. So how do people find out about these events? How do people come and how to participate? How do they give money if they want to? I mean, how do people connect with you, Mark Kober? CoralHeightsOutreach.org is our website, and we have the Coral Heights Outreach Facebook page. We also have the Coral Heights Local Neighborhood Association, and every one of those avenues would be perfect for donating, getting involved, find out how they can help, and just watch what we're doing, see what's coming up, and find ways, most importantly, to pray for us, because uh, I believe that that's really what has led to the incredible turnaround that we've had in this neighborhood so far. We have the Sheriff's Department involved with us every month. We do movie night in the neighborhood now. Uh, we've really built a strong community. Over the time where the hurricane was here, we had a lot of people come together. It was an incredible time where people helped each other, came out, showed love to each other, and God has really moved here. So if we can just get everybody to continue to pray for us in mass numbers, the Lord will continue to move here. Amen. All right, so it's CoralHeightsOutreach.com. That's correct. Coral Heights, no, I'm sorry, coralheightsoutreach.org. .org. All right. Mark Kober, thanks for sharing it. Thanks for being part of your neighborhood. Thanks for putting your faith into action in your neighborhood and reaching those. Next, we've got to bring some jobs to that community. Thank you, Mark Kober. Thank you very much for the opportunity. God bless you. You've been listening to the I Work For Him radio program with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Just remember this, I I work work for him. him.